The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answers Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answers Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Angela Lucier, uh, who is the author of a new book called The Anti-Resume Revolution, The Innovative and Forward-Thinking Guide to Job Seekers and Aspiring Entrepreneurs Who Want to Do What They Love. Welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's just start a little bit with your background and uh, kind of what led you to writing this book. Um, Well, I graduated from UMass Amherst in 2003 with a degree in communications, which was like that degree that you get when you don't know what you want to do with your life, (laughs) and uh, went into radio and did marketing and promotions for about three years and found that that industry was going nowhere fast with the uh, iPod and the satellite radio coming in. I felt I needed to change careers and uh, moved into manufacturing facility where I did marketing and HR for a year and then found that that industry was going in the same direction. Uh, became a recruiter after that, worked with a lot of executives, and found that my real passion and my real talent was in helping people figure out what they wanted to do with their lives um, and doing it in really creative ways. And after a year of recruiting, I said, you know what, I think I can do this on my own. I think I can start my own business that's different from what other people are doing, is inspiring to people, and, um, you know, could really make money. And so I quit my job on April 1st of last year, and an hour later I started my business as a creative career consultant. And in December of '09, I published my first book, The Anti-Resume Revolution, and uh, have been just having a great time. This has been the best year of my life. So much fun helping people start businesses, find jobs that they love, and do it in a way that's really authentic and meaningful and creating a life that is what they want. How do most people do it wrong as far as looking for jobs and entrepreneurial situations? Well, a lot of them, they look at what they're currently doing and say, okay, well, I know I can do this, so I'll go find the same kind of work in another company. Or I'll, I'll look for um, a similar position in maybe a different industry, but doing something that I know I can do because it's safe, and I probably have a good chance of getting that job. So. I'll write it on my resume, and it'll be a clear match for the employer. Without ever having that really critical time in between jobs, asking themselves, what do I actually want? And it's like we kind of fall into that trap of continuing a linear sequence of positions that seem to be climbing some sort of ladder going down the same path, when really the thing that is missing is the evaluation piece and the reflection piece of asking, well, who am I, and is this making me happy and is this where I want to be? So what difference does it make when they do figure out what, what really does make them happy and what they want to be as to how their approach, uh, they're uh, looking for a job and a career? Uh, well, it, it completely changes how they're um, marketing themselves. Because if someone was, say, um, an electrical engineer and then decides they want to be like a technical salesperson or a marketing person, how are they going to take that leap and still show 
um, a hiring manager, a business owner, that they're a good match. Well, now that they figured out what they want to do, they need to figure out, like, well, what have I done as an engineer that could make me qualified for this or could show that I would be good in this position? And so they have to start creating different ways to market themselves that showcase those skills and those interests differently from the way that they would if they were taking that, um, that next step into another electrical engineering job. You say that uh, uh, complacency can be difficult for people. What your theme is what you call complacency kills. But what do you mean yeah. by that as applies to people's job searches? Um, well, just like sitting back and allowing what people give you. I've seen so many people that just um, get up in the morning, they go on like the job boards, they apply for five or six jobs in the morning, and then they sit back and they wait by their phone all day and just hope that the phone will ring and that whatever jobs comes their way, they'll take and it's like, why don't you build something that you really want that will make you really happy instead of just taking whatever comes your way and being complacent about, about your career and about your future? I think that the people who disengage from the process and people who aren't really interested in finding what's best for them, they don't really get ahead. And how can you really enjoy your life if you're tuned out and you're not making decisions that make you happy? What are some steps people can take to find out what does turn them on. What is interesting to them? And a lot of people really have never figured that out, or, or it takes a while for them to figure that out. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of the things I tell my clients to do is to do things that make them uncomfortable, which, you know, they always look at me and go, um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, I tell them to do that because that's when you can learn the most about yourself, is when you're doing things that you don't really, you, you, you go outside your comfort zone to do, or you take a risk. So, for example, I used to be really shy. And um, it was really hard for me to share my ideas in meetings and, and communicate what I wanted. And so I joined Toastmasters, um, an international public speaking organization, which was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. I spent six months just sitting in the meetings, just staring and looking around, going, I hope they don't make me talk. I hope they don't make me stand in front of the group. And now I've been in the group for four years, and what I learned about myself is that I love being in front of an audience, and I love inspiring groups. And I would have never known that if I didn't take that that chance and step out there and do something totally uncomfortable and out of character for me. But it's something that I really like doing. It's a huge part of my business now. Um, another thing is, like, you can go on meetup.com, and you can look up all the groups in your area. You can do, like, a radius search, like 10 miles, 30 miles, and look at what kinds of groups are meeting around you and make a list of the ones that you're least likely to be interested in. Like, if you, you consider yourself not uh, to be a creative or artistic person, join a writing group or, like, a painting group just to see what it's like. And you may surprise yourself and um, end up doing really great paintings because you're in a supportive environment. And who knows, that could take your career in a whole different direction. So that's a huge tip is to do things that make you uncomfortable so that you can figure out and learn more about yourself. Give me an example of maybe one of your clients that you've had do something uncomfortable, and what were the results of that? Um, well, I have one client who wants to be a professional speaker, and he, um, he he did some speaking in the past but wasn't really making a lot of money at it. And so he started marketing himself to different industries and, and different companies and was finding that there, he didn't have enough credibility to be paid for what he wanted to do. So I suggested that he started an online radio show, and he said, I could never do that. I couldn't have a radio show. I, I, like, who am I to, like, interview people and be an expert on a subject? And I said, well, it's a good way to show your credibility and show people your, your breadth and um, depth in, in a, 
um, on a subject. And so he went outside his comfort zone, and he started this radio show, and he loves it. He loves it almost as much as he loves speaking. And he's found that this is a huge um, side of him that he had never gotten the opportunity to explore before, but now it's a big part of his business. What, what, ex- what makes people reluctant to step outside their comfort zone in the first place? I mean, uh, and, and what is the result of not stepping outside of your comfort zone? Well, I think what makes people reluctant is fear of failure. If you fail, you know, to some people, that's like death. It's like the, the end of the world. And I like to challenge my clients and ask them their definition of failure. Um, their definition is usually something really scary and severe, and my definition is not getting your desired outcome. Um, and so whether or not you get your desired outcome, you still learn something, and so it's always a great opportunity to just explore a new idea and see where it takes you. For the people who don't step outside their comfort zone, they rarely get anywhere because they don't get unstuck. They're, they're still, they still have the same thought patterns, the same belief systems, the same ideas about what they can and cannot accomplish because they're not challenging them themselves to see if they can do more than they think they can in their heads. You call your business uh, 365 Degrees Consulting, um, and you begin your, cha- your second chapter where you say that jet, jump and the net will appear. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by your, the name of your company? Uh, well, the name of my company is about the concept of learning something new every day. If you really commit to that, in essence, you're building a better version of yourself, and you're sort of graduating to another level each day. And that, with that graduation comes a degree, like a diploma. So at the end of the year, you'd have 365 degrees. Um, the jump in the net will appear concept is about not having every single fact and figure analyzed and every single step of the way figured out before you take a step but just allowing yourself to feel it out and learn and see what happens without knowing all the answers. Like I said, I started my business an hour after I started, um, after I quit my job. I didn't have every single thing laid out, but I trusted myself enough to figure out that when a, um, a decision had to be made or a challenge presented itself, I wouldn't just freak out and run the other way. I would have to deal with it, and that's what I try to get my readers to understand. You don't have to have everything figured out before you make a move. Yeah, people often say it's uh, ready, aim, fire, but the, actually the best way to do it is to do ready, fire, aim, because if you spend your whole life aiming, you'll never fire. Yeah, and, exactly. There's always a reason not to do something, and I know enough people who have great ideas and have lots of motivation, but they have so much fear that the idea will never come to fruition because they're spending their whole life planning what could go wrong. And, um, you know, some people... I have one client now who loves to write, and he has an idea for five different books in five different categories, and he won't act on any of them because the one he acts on could be the wrong one. But in my opinion, if you've written a book, you've already accomplished something huge. Whether or not it's the one that you're going to um, make your millions on doesn't matter. You wrote a book, and now you can write another book. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, Before we get into the anti-revolution, uh, do you have a website uh, that people can find out more about this and a Facebook page? How can people interact with you? Yeah, um, my website is my365degrees.com. It's just M-Y, then the numbers 365, and then degrees.com. I'm also on Facebook. Um, Angela.Lucier is the address after Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn, and my name is Anti Resume on Twitter. 
Okay, very good. What, what is the role of social marketing uh, and social networking in, in getting a job these days? Um, well, <laughs> a lot of recruiters and, and human resources professionals are using Google um, to find the people who are applying for jobs to see if what the, what's on the resume or on the promotional marketing piece is matching what the online world is saying. And so if, you, um, if you're presenting yourself one way on your, your resume and another way online, you have some inconsistencies to deal with and may lose out on the opportunity to get a job. On the other hand, you can really use social uh, media as a way to market your skills by writing blogs in your field, showing your level of expertise and offering advice to people based on your experiences. Um, you can also um, build contacts in the industry that you're interested in um, using the social networks and showing people what you have to offer by creating relationships and getting well-known by the people that you want to get from. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Angela Lucier, uh, whose new book is called The Anti-Resume Revolution. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
is Angela Lucier, uh, who's got a new book out called The Anti-Resume Revolution. Welcome back to the show, Angela. Thanks. Let's get into the specifics about uh, what do you actually mean by the anti-resume revolution? Well, what it is is a shift that's occurring, I believe, in the world right now from doing this mindless, nine-to-five, unfulfilling work that um, gives you enough money to pay your bills and um, keep a roof over your head, but doesn't really fulfill your soul. It doesn't keep you excited and, in, and inspired. and it, It's not meaningful work. It's just what you do to get through each day. And so my book is about finding the kind of work that really feeds your soul. And if you can't find a job like that, creating your own business that does that for you. Now, some people think it's pretty scary to start their own businesses. Uh, is, I mean, and many, many businesses that start fail. Uh, is, is that an incorrect perception that uh, it's, it's easier to start a small business than most people think? Um, that that a lot of people fail? Is that what your question was? Well, uh, the, the perception is that it's extremely risky and most people fail doing starting small businesses. So mm-hmm. are you saying is if, if you do it right, uh, that is an incorrect perception? Um, I do believe so. I do. And I think that there's a lot of steps going into starting your business, like actually knowing who your audience is, knowing that people have an interest in buying your product or service, and, and not just hoping that, well, if it's, this is good enough, then people will pay attention to it, but really um, doing the research and understanding where your, your um, product or service has a place in the world. So I, I do kind of feel that um, a, lot, a lot of businesses failing um, is a misconception if you believe that um, if you don't have all the, the rules and pieces in place that that could happen to you. You have in Chapter 4 what you call The Shift, and uh, you talk here to uh, Phil Brzezinski, uh, who's the president of Toy House and Baby 2. Explain to me what he's talking about as far as creating The Shift. Yeah, his shift he's talking about is um, going from having these full-time employees who come in every single day and do the, the same job every day to creating a different kind of environment where you have consultants who are completing the jobs on project basis. Like, um, if you want a new website or if there's a, a product to launch, you hire a consultant who specializes in doing what you're looking for instead of having the same person doing the same job for years and years. And so everybody sort of becomes a freelancer, and everybody's just doing work that um, really makes sense for them and makes sense for the company instead of working there long term. So is this the way things are going to go? Is Instead of having full-time employees coming in every day, it's going to be kind of a constantly changing uh, mix of consultants and people kind of coming and going? I think so. I think people are going to get fed up with the whole um, monotony of having the same job and, and doing the same work and, and kind of like not maybe having their creativity um, being able to come out because they're trapped at this desk every day and they're told that they have to eat lunch at a certain time and they can only have a certain number of vacations. Um, per year. I think that that's going away, especially as Generation Y is coming into the workplace and is saying, hey, I can do just as good of a job whether, regardless of whether or not I'm, tra- I'm chained to my desk. Give me the freedom. Tell me your goal, and I'll accomplish it in a way that works for me. Okay, then you have in Chapter 5 the top 10 mistakes that job seekers uh, make. And let's start with the first one, uh, which is removing the blinders. Explain to me how that works. <laughs> Yeah, um, a lot of people, like I mentioned at the beginning of the call, is um, they 
they only apply for jobs that are really in um, the next logical step from the job they were doing before because they'll they'll look like the most obvious match to the hiring manager. So, it, you know, they look at that and say, well, I'll probably get hired because I have similar experience. But instead of only looking for the next logical position, look at what your actual skills are and your interests and figure out where those could be applied um, as well. So one of the examples I give in the book is about a guy who worked in sales and marketing in the hospitality industry. He had worked at a casino and a hotel, and he was looking for a job um, in an area that really wasn't known for having a lot of casinos and hotels, but worked at the biggest ones that were around. And when they weren't hiring, he was out of a job. So we decided to market him to upscale retirement communities because um, he had the same skill set as the people who were doing the event planning and marketing and sales there. They had that higher level of customer service. They understood the need to, um, um, you know, fulfill, like, quotas and really getting people in there to see the place. And he ended up getting a job because um, they saw the match once we told them, well, here's what he can do. Do you think that makes sense? And they liked the idea of having someone who came in with a different perspective. So he was using his skills he learned to go to a similar but different industry, and that worked out well for him in that case, you're saying? Yeah. Okay, the next mistake you're talking about is bass fishing with a hot dog. Explain that. <laughs> yeah, the, the concept behind that is um, it, it, know what you're looking for. Once you know what you're looking for, you can figure out what kind of bait to use. And so if you're trying to um, become a manager in a big corporation and you've, your past position was um, a hairdresser, you might not want to talk about how many perms you've given in your life. You might want to talk more about, oh, well, I managed the uh, salon for the last three years that I was there. I hired people. I was in charge of making sure that the, all the money was in the cash register at the end of the night. All the things that go with management instead of spending your time talking about the skills that they don't care about. And so I used the bass fishing with a hot dog concept just to get people thinking sort of along the same lines of how ridiculous it is that um, we're not really thinking about how to align ourselves with the jobs we want. Then your next mistake uh, is to say to know thyself, and, and how do you go about doing that? <laughs> well, um, again, that's about the self-reflection and taking the time out to stop um, what you're doing and just think about what what do you really like. Like, if you look at your last job, what what were the top five things that you loved and what were the top five things that you really didn't like? And what are your values? And who are your role models? And, um, you know, what would people want to, what would you want people to say about you at your funeral? Like, think about questions like that and start thinking about how those things would align with the next job you're looking for. And one book I always recommend to people if they're just totally lost and they're not coming up with any answers is StrengthsFinder 2.0, because that's a great online assessment tool. It takes about 30 minutes. I think it costs about 15 bucks at Barnes & Noble. And that gives people a really great starting point to more about their strengths and what they have to offer when they don't know. Is, is there a website to go to uh, to find out about that as well? Yeah, I think it's strengthfinder.com. Okay, good. All right, then you, you say the next mistake is uh, that you wait long enough and good things will come. What is that about? Um, I think that one has to do with not just like sitting around and putting your feet up on your desk and in, at your house and waiting for your phone to ring, but to spend that time um, 
building relationships, building new skills, volunteering, maybe getting a part-time job, being involved in your hobbies and doing things that are um, really building on your skills and keeping you enthusiastic and not allowing yourself to just like dwell on the fact that you don't have a job and things aren't going well and you never catch a break and <laughs> all the things that go through your head when you're unemployed and you think no one loves you. Alrighty. Uh, related to that, your next one is Woe is Me uh, and that the world is out to get you. How do you overcome that if you're looking for a job? Well, I think it's about staying busy and it's about always looking for opportunities to learn and grow. And the question that people always ask me when I say that is, well, how can I afford to do that if I'm not bringing any money in? Which is a good question, but if you really look at all the opportunities out there to learn, they're not always attached to a price. So if you look at, like, the local library, they're always offering computer skills. They're offering seminars on how to look for a job, um, all different kinds of information. You can also go to the library and get books out that will help you develop new skills that you may not have now. Like if you are looking at um, job descriptions and you notice that a lot of them ask for skills in, like, Microsoft Excel, and you only know Microsoft Word, Go to the library and get a book out about Microsoft Excel and teach yourself at home how to use it. It's not that different if you know the basics about Microsoft products. And now you have a new thing to add to your resume rather than just sitting around feeling bad for yourself because you don't fit any of the jobs that you see posted. Okay, then you talk about uh, showing you the money. Uh, to think like an employee, not a business owner, is a, is a mistake. Uh, how do you get over that one? Yeah. Um, a lot of people, like, when they're in the interview and they're asked, like, what their strengths are, I've noticed when I've done mock interviews with them, they'll say things like, I'm always on time and my desk is always really organized and I get along with my coworkers. And to a business owner, that's like telling him, well, I always wear socks that match. I mean, it's, like, really not important information. What they want to know is how are you going to make them more money? How are you going to make the department more efficient? What kinds of ideas are you going to bring in to create change? Stuff like that. And so stop thinking from this small um, perspective of one person in a big company and start thinking about the concerns and interests of the person who's running the company and then align a lot of your ideas and information to that. That's a very good one. A lot of people don't think as, as owners, they think as uh, employees uh, and yeah. just get their paycheck and it's over with. Your, your next mistake is... Uh, not using the time to build your skills and network, saying that you actually have to talk to people. Why are people reluctant to build their skills and network? Yeah. Um, this is one of the hardest ones to get past for a lot of people because the idea of going into a room of strangers and introducing themselves is like they'd rather have their leg not off by an alligator. And um, so one of the things that I try to tell people is, Look at it from a different perspective. When I started networking, I was scared to death. I would just stand at, like, the cheese and cracker table for two hours until the time ran out, and then I'd go home and think that that was successful. Um, but what I started doing was creating um, a new perspective for it. So I said, okay, I'm going to go in as if I were a reporter, and I'm going to do a research project. My research includes um, asking five questions to five people, and, if, and I can't leave until I do that. And so that helped me overcome my fear of networking, and it helped me to build a lot of importance. Go ahead. It's great. Go ahead. It helps to build your networking, you're saying. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. 
Uh, my guest this hour is Angela uh, Lucier, whose new book is called The Anti-Resume Revolution, The Innovative Forward-Thinking Guide for Job Seekers and Aspiring Entrepreneurs Who Want to Do What They Love. We'll be back after this. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network to grow your business listen for the independent business owners show with your coach rick carrado this entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business you'll learn sales success time management lead generation business development life balance and much more rick carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level listen for the independent business owners show heard live every monday morning at 11 a.m eastern time 8 a.m pacific on the voice america business network Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Angela Lucier, uh, whose new book is called The Anti-Resume Revolution, The Innovative and Forward-Thinking Guide to Job Seekers and Aspiring Entrepreneurs Who Want to Do What They Love. Welcome back to the show, Angela. Thank you. We were talking about the different mistakes people are making in looking for jobs, um, and uh, we were talking about building skills, and then uh, we were saying that people are being reactive, that uh, you, you have to hang out more, you like to hang out more with your dog than with real people. So what, what is the problem with that? <laughs> well, your dog can't get you a job. You know, he may, be, he may show you unconditional love and, and be there for you, but he's not the best person to be... Um, networking with if you want to get ahead and get the, the kind of job that you're, you're looking for. And so one thing that I try to challenge people to do is commit to making five new contacts every week to start. And then once you get good at making five contacts a week, make ten contacts a week. 
just pick up the phone and call someone and stop being a baby about not knowing what they're going to think of you and whether or not they're going to have time for you. Just start doing it and um, create some questions that are compelling. Ask the person out for coffee. Ask the person for an informational interview. Um, ask a lot of questions. Does this person like their job? Are they looking to hire? What, um, what do they see as the future in their industry? Just start making relationships and learning about people and see how you can help them. And um, you'll find that once you have a large network, a lot more opportunities will present themselves. Your next mistake is not practicing for a job interview. Uh, you say that you know yourself well enough not to practice. What, what are some things people should do in practicing for an interview? Well, I think a great thing to do is uh, videotaping themselves, which is, to me, like one of the most horrifying things that I've ever had to do um, as part of my professional development is videotaping a speech or myself answering questions. But it's really helpful in just seeing your mannerisms and watching the way that you talk because that's what other people see. And so what I recommend is going to any website. There's a lot of websites that, that uh, feature commonly asked interview questions. Print out a list of 20 or 25. Sit down with a friend or family member and have that person interview you as if they were, you know, trying to hire you for a job. Set up a camera so it's facing you and, have, and videotape the whole interview and then watch it back and see the way that you answer questions. And it will give you such an advantage when you're sitting across the table from an actual potential employer so that you don't do annoying and distracting things like twisting your hair and saying um 400 times and staring at the ceiling and stuff like that. It just gives you an advantage. So it's the mannerisms and the kind of the way you present yourself that shows up in the videotaping of an interview. Yeah, and also a lot of the same words. A lot of people use crutch words, um, like, you know, or, um, um, and you just, you don't pick up on those when you're trying to work yourself through a, an answer to a question you may not know. So it just helps to be more aware of what other people are going to see. And then your tenth mistake is what you call the finger on the globe trick, uh, which is not researching the companies you pursue. How do people do that and how do they overcome that? Yeah, this is sort of like when um, your family is trying to decide what, where they want to go on vacation and they just twist the, they just spin the globe and then wherever your finger lands is where you go for a, a week in the summer. A lot of people do that same sort of thing when they're looking for a job. You know, they'll just see a job posting and they'll just apply for it without doing any research or looking into whether or not it's a good match. And all of a sudden they find themselves in an interview situation and they haven't done any homework and they don't even know if they really want the job, and they're wasting everybody's time. And so rather than set yourself up for failure by, you know, being an interview for a job you don't know anything about with a company you don't know anything about, make sure that everything you're applying for is um, well-researched and well-thought-out so that you can set yourself up for success and set the, the company up for success. Okay, the next chapter you have is uh, what you call uh, Ready, Aim, Fire, are creating a targeted job search. So there are so many companies out there. What are some things you should do to create a targeted job search? Um, there's a lot of different pieces involved. Like first deciding how far do you want to drive every day. Instead of looking at a, a company and, and just making a, job, a decision on the spot based on whether or not you want the job, create parameters so that you can have a really targeted idea of, of where to look. So if you decide you only want to drive 30 minutes away in any direction, then you can start looking at, okay, what towns fall into that radius? 
oh, okay, you only want jobs in small family-owned companies. Well, that makes it even more specific. And you keep narrowing it down by maybe um, title and income and responsibilities. And before you know it, you have a really solid list of exactly what you're looking for, and you can create a really targeted marketing piece based on those parameters. But if you do it the other way around, which is the way most people do it, where they just create a generic resume and start shooting it off into the world, you have, I think, a less, a much smaller chance of finding the job you actually want as opposed to the job that finds you. When you're going through all these things, it sounds good, but what if you've got all these criteria and you can't find something that fits all those criteria you know, within your geographic range? Well, I think having an A list and a B list is important. So you're, you're okay, this is exactly what I want and this is what I would, what I would go for um, because it, it's along the same lines. It's not exactly perfect, but it's a place to start. And so you make the B list and maybe it's a little bit less income and maybe it's a 45-minute drive and maybe it's not a manager position, but it's a position that could lead to management. And then you start looking at those as well. And, and I think that's important, especially if you're one of the people who falls into the category of my bank account is going to be in the negative numbers in three months, so I can't mess around, which I know a lot of people fall into that category when they're laid off or something happens that's unexpected and they weren't able to plan financially. So it makes them desperate, you say, and they end up yeah. taking a job they really shouldn't be, be uh, taking. Right, and it's too bad. That, that, that happens to more people than, than not. They haven't been um, putting money away. They don't have any savings. They're living paycheck to paycheck. They, their job all of a sudden is um, it's taken away from them, and they don't know what to do, and they're panicking, and they're just going to take the first job that comes their way. And then they end up in it for five years because they didn't know what else to do, and they would lose their house. And, you know, it's just poor planning all around. You also talk about doing past position analysis. Uh, taking a look at your existing jobs that you've had, what are some things you should look for in analyzing your past jobs? Um, things like what did you like the most about the, your past jobs and, and what did you dislike the most? I think those are really great questions to ask because um, they really help you to plan better for the future. And thinking about what pieces of the jobs did you like? Um, I, I met with a, a guy who was in his 50s and he was in an accounting practice for 20 years in the same accounting practice. And he came to me, and he was very unhappy. He had been making lots of money for years, but was just he felt so bored with it, and he felt like um, doing the same job every day, and he, he had no um, opportunity to learn. And so I started going back in time with him, and he talked really highly of his job as a, a newspaper delivery boy when he was, like, 15 years old. He just he loved doing that. He loved the... Um, hustle and bustle in the newsroom and, and being sort of at the front line of what was going on in the area and just being part of that cool organization. And then he went to work for an accounting firm for 20 years and was bored to death. And I thought, well, why didn't you try to be an accountant at the newspaper? You know, you could mingle the two things and still be successful but be part of what you really enjoyed. And he thought, well, I never thought about doing that because I just figured I couldn't be a paper boy forever. And so it's just taking, like, creative risks and looking at how you can put something that you might know really well with something you really like and creating a position that you might not have thought of in the past. Now, then you talk about creating, you're actually creating an anti-resume, right? This is a document yeah. you are creating, right? Yes. Um, so just briefly go through what the old model is and how that contrasts with the new model you're proposing here. 
Well, the new, the old resume was this like sterile document that could really almost represent anyone. It's like insert name here. I'm a multitasker, communication specialist, good at building relationships, technical background, strategic, and you use like all these cliches and all these um, buzzwords that have been on resumes for a thousand years, and um, they don't say anything. They don't tell a story. They just Anybody, you could look at a book and just go, oh, that describes me, and throw that on your resume. Oh, that describes me, put it on your resume. But what what do you really want people to know about you? And so the old resume, which just lists a bunch of skills, is different from the anti-resume because the anti-resume tells a story. It's about who you are, are authentically at your core and why is it important that you become part of an organization. And, and there's so many different ways to do that. I think um, creating a video is a great way to do that. Also, making a portfolio that shows your work instead of just talking about it. Um, creating some sort of photo album with content from things you've done in the past. There are, there are many different ways to create an anti-resume, and it's just a way to show people who you are that's different from the old model. One of the things you talk about is to think bigger. Uh, how, how do you think bigger on, on an anti-resume? Um, well, rather than just putting the bare basics down, hoping that it's enough to get someone interested. Use, use the space that you're, you're taking up on the paper or in the portfolio or whatever um, slideshow and use it as a way to tell them about things that you've done before. Like I could, when I worked at the radio station, I, um, one of the projects I worked on was getting a new station vehicle and we ended up getting an ambulance from our, our hospital our, nearby and we painted it. Just it was crazy looking. Everyone in town knew exactly who we were when we when they saw it because it was so different from everybody else. And I could have written on my resume um, part of finding new station vehicle project, but instead I created a really visual display in a portfolio of the old station vehicle, the new station vehicle, and then a huge article in Billboard magazine about innovation and marketing and about how we were the only radio station in the country that had a really cool station vehicle like that. So which one tells a better story? Right. It's much more unique to do it that way. Yeah. And, and so you ended up getting the job because of uh, the way it was put across, the same facts, but you're saying the way you put it across was more visually arresting for people. Yeah, exactly. Very good. All right, we're going to go into a little bit more about this. Uh, I'm going to take a break right now. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Angela Lucier. Uh, whose new book is called The Anti-Resume Revolution. We'll be back after this. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. When you were young, did you feel free to daydream? Were you full of questions such as why, how, and what if? Did you allow yourself to be carefree, to dance and sing? Did you create just for fun? Want to feel that way again? Reclaim your natural curiosity and creativity with Dr. Carol Stalka on Stargazing Stories, sparking your creativity. Revitalize your life, work, and relationships. Be more playful, be bold, imagine, explore, and live more creatively every day. Tune in Wednesdays at 11 a.m. in the East, 8 a.m. in the West on 7th Wave Network. Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answers Show. This is Jordan Goodman. My guest this hour is Angela Lucier, uh, whose new book is called The Anti-Resume Revolution. Welcome back to the show, Angela. Hi, thank you. You uh, have a personal story about how you how to get noticed uh, by the people you care about. Why don't you tell us that story? Okay, well, um, Seth Godin is one of my role models. I've always been really impressed by his writing. And back in 2004, I came across Purple Cow, which completely changed my life. And it really helped me, especially at the time when we were picking out the ambulance for the radio station, um, to feel like this was a good move, even though it was something no one else was doing. And so I've been following him for about six years. And back in 2008, when he wrote Tribes, um, he offered for anyone who bought his book before it was actually published and and for sale to um, join his online social network called Tribes. And, of course, I jumped on that opportunity. I thought he was great, loved him, and wanted to be part of that. And um, a year and a half later, he published Lynchpin. This was back in, in January of this year. And he said, you know, anyone that wants to come to the book launch in New York City, be happy to, um, you know, have you there. And um, I'm also doing a smaller dinner for members of tribes who are interested in, um, in whether in meeting each other and meeting me. So I was able to go to the small dinner with about 40 people. And he was there. He came around to the table. He sat down next to me and says, hey, everyone keeps telling me how great your book is. And, and I looked at him, and I looked behind me, and I thought, he can't be talking to me. There's no way that he knows who I am, you know. Um, he had probably seen me interacting on tribes 
in the past with blog posts, but I didn't think he actually who I was, and I said, are you talking to me? Are you talking about my book? And he goes, yeah, can I have a copy of it? I'm like, yeah, of course you can. And so I gave him the copy, and, um, you know, I signed a little a note in there for him, and um, about a month later, it showed up on his, in his blog, and he has one of the most read blogs in the entire world. I think he's in the top ten, and his blog post was, here's my spring recommended reading list. There were about 10 books on there, and my book was on that list. With um, And it was the only self-published book on there, which was amazing to me, because I know that he um, he's not a huge fan of self-publishing. And so it was a really huge honor for me to see my book on that list, because, you know, he's my role model, and everything that he's ever done by and really impressed with. And to see that just made me believe even more that, really, you can do anything you want. And if you really work hard enough and you really feel passionately about what you're doing and you can and you make the time to get in front of the people who care you can you can have what you want and to get on that list was just so amazing and it opened me up to so many more opportunities than I had um, on an international level and it was just the, the um, aftershock of that was so cool to see the people that were picking up the book and really interested in it and um, get more exposure, and it's just, it was amazing, because I could have never imagined in my wildest dreams that that would have happened. Great. No, it definitely takes some effort and uh, courage to kind of go out and do those kind of things. Uh, you yeah. also talk about uh, how you can do a $0 marketing budget that can make you more successful than a $10,000 budget. Explain how that can work. Well, I spent the last year with a dollar, a $0 marketing budget, and what I found was that the people who had the bigger marketing budgets um, had more opportunities to spend money. For me, I had more opportunities to spend the, the time doing the important things, um, like investing time in relationships and investing time in creating things that were unique um, that didn't cost anything but that resonated with people. Rather than having a billboard on the highway or a big fancy ad in the newspaper, I was using that time to spend um I was spending the time on relationship building and getting in front of those people who could make a difference in my business, like meeting local business owners, being a, a member of the board of different networking groups, going to Toastmasters and building my speaking skills, um, join, creating my own networking groups, going on social networks and connecting with people who I felt were important, and um, also going to the colleges and getting in front of the students. and just looking for ways to get my name out there. And I feel that my business has grown in, in, in a gigantic way because I've put that time in. And if I had the money, I don't know if I would have gone in that direction. I might have just taken the easy road. You also talk about uh, ways to do personal branding and specifically about uh, the various dresses you had and how you branded yourself. Tell us how that works. Yeah, I started um, going to a lot more networking events when I started the business. And I remember looking around thinking, everybody um, looks the same. Everybody has a black suit on or a gray suit or a blue suit. And it just kind of looked boring to me. And I felt like if I'm going to talk about personal branding and going outside of your comfort zone with my clients, I should do the same thing, you know, and I should be a good role model for them. And so I decided to make dresses that were different from what anybody else was wearing as a way to brand myself as the kind of person who likes to stand out. And also, um, I put my business logo on every dress so that people would get, it would kind of be a conversation piece. And it was. It was amazing how successful that campaign was. 
Um, I've been wearing them for a whole year. And if I go to the deli or the bank or the grocery store, people are always stopping me saying, what's 365 degrees? And now I have a great opportunity to talk about my business. And I give out business cards to cashiers and mailmen and um, just everybody that I see that wants to talk about it. And I do get clients that way. And it's, it's just been really cool. I get, I've been known as the girl who has different kinds of dresses, and people remember me for that. At the end of your book, uh, you have uh, various featured stories of some people. Why don't you just tell me briefly, uh, for example, Doreen St. John and how you worked with her? Um, well, she was working for a local college, and she had been there for about 10 years and was, was laid off and thought, my life is over. You know, I, I was working here so that my kids, when I graduated from high school, would have a place to go tuition-free. And now they can't have that, and I might as well just dig my own grave. And, you know, it was like one of those moments that just made her reevaluate her life. And I started talking with her and learning that her whole life she's wanted to own her own business, graphic design business, but felt like that wasn't really an option because she had a mortgage and she had these responsibilities. And so while she was on her um, unemployment, we said, why don't we just try it? You know, start marketing yourself, start going to networking events, start meeting people, and see if you can start doing the work and what happens. And so she did. And then she ended up finding a little space um, right by her house, a business space to, to meet with clients and set up her shop. And then she started getting clients, and, and now she's, she's moving right along. And it really was about helping her overcome that fear that her and her family were going to end up on the street if she took this chance to do what she loved. And the absolute opposite has happened. And she's actually finding a lot of happiness. And she got out of that basement in that college building, and now she's working in this bright, sunny office doing the work that makes her happy. Great. In about a minute we have left, why don't you just kind of briefly sum up how people can end up doing the job they love by creating an anti-resume, as you call it? Um, well, the most important thing is finding out who you are, finding out what motivates you, what makes you happy, what kind of work you want to do in the world. And I know it's cliche to say, I want to change the world, but you can fill in the blank with, I want to change the world by doing X, Y, and Z, and then figuring out a way to make that happen. Once you know what you want to do, you can create a marketing campaign for yourself, which is your anti-resume, and go out into the world and start telling your story. Find your tribe. Find the people who care about what you care about, and success will follow. Terrific. All right, well, it's been interesting. Again, tell people about uh, your uh, website and uh, uh, Facebook page to find out more about you. Uh, my website is my365degrees.com. I'm also on Facebook, um, Angela.Lucier. I'm on LinkedIn as well, and on Twitter, it's anti-resume. Terrific. Well, this has been fascinating. Uh, my guest this hour has been uh, Angela Lucier, whose book is called The Anti-Resume Revolution. Welcome and glad to be uh, Thank you for being, being on the show, Angela. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you, audience. And we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you.